with the international break happening right now, Jack and I decided to recap all the things that have happened in the past week, England getting relegated, all the Nations League drama, and the U.S. men's national team being as bad against the low block as always. All this and more on today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. Uh, my name is AJ Sabura. I'm one of the co-hosts on this news and predictions episode where we talk about all the big news, all the big games happening in the soccer world. Again, I'm AJ. I'm a fan of West Ham United, which it's the international break, so we don't have to get disappointed by them. Uh, Minnesota United, which even when they're not playing, they still disappoint me because uh, now that the LA Galaxy has won a, a, against the San Jose Earthquakes, Minnesota United are now seventh place, just one place off of not qualifying to the playoffs. I still believe, though, it's theoretically more than let not that will probably be there in the playoffs. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that yet. I'm not going to say that. Well, 538 mm. agrees with me. 84% mm. chance. But hey, hey, we'll you know, 16% is greater than the number zero. So there's that. And the U.S. national teams, which uh, U.S. men's national team continues to disappoint. I'm just glad that my American football teams are doing a lot better. Uh, Gophers ranked 21. And Vikings uh, very nearly lost to the Detroit Lions. So I guess it's not all rosy in the AJ Tabura fandom. Uh, but I'm joined by Jack, who is currently uh, still using... a. Uh, a non-ideal mic, but he's still here. He's still happy. Jack, how are you doing? Uh, good. And mostly, I'm tired because oh, yeah, I right. was coaching at tournaments all weekend long. Fun times, but I'm a fan of Chelsea, which actually did happen during the international break because the Chelsea women's team beat mm-hmm. the Man City mm-hmm. women team two to zero, which is always nice to see. Uh, even though that first game, um, was not what we like to see. But th- this was this was what we do like to see, so that's fine. Uh, and I'm also a fan of Minnesota United, a fan of Atalanta, a fan, may- maybe not so much of Italy in general right now, but that's that's for a different podcast. Uh, and then a fan of the French and U.S. national teams. Awesome. And France are safe, so the flag stays up in my apartment. The Fran- France have not been relegated from the Nations League Group A. So that they're league A, that's all that matters. Yes, they're still yes. up. Does it, we won't talk? We will talk about where they finish, but I don't want to talk about where they finish necessarily. Yeah. But they did not get relegated, so thank God for Croatia. Yeah, thank thank God for Croatia for sure, for sure. Uh, Jack, this is of course uh, our news predictions episode. We're going to talk about a lot of different fun things uh, surrounding uh, soccer. Particularly since it's the international break, uh, the European Nations League, as well as the U.S. men's national team, uh, kind of flailing against Japan. Uh, before we get to that, follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show, uh, as well as uh, FinalThirdShow.com for a one-stop shop for all things uh, related to the podcast. As always, we like to start off the episodes with uh, a nice hot take, a hot take section where we talk about some some things in the soccer world that doesn't really have a, a place in a whole dedicated section but we still believe in so jack do you yeah, have I went, a ho- I, I went first last week come on that's true that's true uh, i'm be already fair, forgetting be fair. Come on. yeah 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 all right I, I, i'll go first 
And this is kind of building off of some discussions, I think, in the last couple of weeks about All-Star games. And, Jack, there's a certain All-Star game that happened yesterday. And you may have heard about it. I, I, you, you do. Uh, I know you have uh, followed one of these teams before. And that would be the Sidemen Charity Match Final. Oh, okay, yes. It was yes. yesterday. Yes, okay, yes. yes. I, did, I, did, I did see this. Yeah, and this is, uh, of course, Sidemen FC, who are, Jack, how are you describing Like a, a YouTube channel, a YouTube group, it, collective? It, it's, a, it's, it's a YouTube group that's been around since 2013 that I used to watch a lot more than I do. Uh, but, it, and also it's a group of, like, other YouTubers in there. Like, you know, you have Mr. Beast playing yeah. <laughs> as, as a right midfielder. Yeah. You've got, uh, you've got um, Cal the Dragon from TikTok playing in goal. Yeah, shocking performance from him. Shocking by the way. performance. Shocking yeah. performance. Yeah, but. Uh, but but my hot take is that the Sidemen FC, who uh, you know, their team comprised of friends of Sidemen plus the dedicated Sidemen versus the YouTube All Stars comprised of YouTubers, some TikTokers in there, some streamers. I think that that is a better, more entertaining match than any actual All Star game with actual soccer players would be, and. Not only would it be more entertaining, but I, I, I think it's just in general better because a like like we talked about before, you don't have any risk for injuries. You don't have uh, a, a, any any problems with uh, player fatigue or or players not actually wanting to play in the all star game, because for most of these players, this is like the biggest thing that they'll ever be a part of having an actual televised charity match most of these players most of these players <laughs> people I was yeah but, yeah i mean they're, hey they're playing in the game and foot mob has enough. ratings for them so that's true they do they have legitimate player profiles so i'll call them players uh that that, that these people slash players uh will experience and I, I think uh as far as i know um as of yesterday the recording this they raised over a million dollars a million pounds that is for charities for a variety of different charities uh, that the sidemen were partnering with which is a really cool and b if you want to be selfish it was a very entertaining match i didn't actually watch uh, the match in the entirety but i saw a lot of highlights including some actually crazy goals mm -hmm. uh, due in part by the fact that both goalkeepers were shockingly bad uh but you know, it, the match ended up being eight to seven. And yeah. where, el where else can you say that you, you know, c can watch KSI, Mr. Beast, I Show Speed and George Not Found playing in the same match and actually <laughs> having like a professional, you know, a uh, referee. Mark yeah. Clattenburg was the referee. Yeah, of the match. Mark Clattenburg like, had an actual commentator team like putting in work that it, they, sh they sold out. Uh, I believe it's the Valley was the stadium that they were yep, in the in Valley. Charlton. And uh, overall, it's a good match uh, for a good cause. I think, you know, they're not professional players, so no. th th things get wacky very quickly. But overall, like, it's, good qu it's a good quality match if you want to just, you know, have fun with it, which is what all-star games are supposed to, to be. But when you have actual, real professional players, they care too much about appearances they care too much about not getting injured rightfully so but here literally uh, you know you have i show speed two two foot tackling ksi and that's just 
Hey, and standing gets, over him after. yeah 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 if if nobody gets injured it's it's all in good fun so that's my hot take i i i will say as someone who did, does still watch some of these people and grew up watching a lot of uh vic star one two three minecraft playthroughs <laughs> uh, uh it, yeah, it was good goal. yeah yeah hey he he got the first goal for sidemen yeah, fc yeah uh i I watched some of their older charity matches. Uh, I didn't watch this one because I was I was coaching at a tournament, but I did watch the highlights. Cal the Dragon. I'm not sure if he's supposed to be going pro. He says he is. Um, this, this doesn't yeah. make it seem like it. Um, I, I I don't really think so. He, he I, it was a lot of standing around. Some pretty bad positioning on some of those goals, the, especially the third goal where you know I think it's a mini minter goes through and just like slides it in and. Yeah. Uh, uh, and also the kicks when he tries to kick it back immediately. Yeah. Uh, what? But yes, it, it was very fun, very entertaining. I would like to see more of it. So, uh, yeah, my my hot take though, not not about the not about All Star Games, not about the charity match. That's fine. But you can probably guess what it's about. And the lead up to that might 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 help you. It's about one person, one man. One Olivier Giroud. Oh my gosh! And it's how he is a vital piece of the French national team. And if he if he <laughs> gets left if he gets left out of the squad, uh-huh. France will struggle to make it anywhere past the round of sixteen. That that that's my hot take. And I I've I've got stat I've got stats to back it up. I, I'd not, love to hear them. I so Giroud when he is played more often than not. France have won in, in recent games. So, for example, when, when he got brought back into the squad, he helped inspire France to a win against Austria that ultimately kept them in Ligue 1. Additionally, the last time he was called up was for the friendlies against Ivory Coast and South Africa. He scored in them both. Uh, he, he scored uh, two goals in two games in those. Then he gets left out of the squad for the Nations League games. In, in favor of uh, Benzema, and I think also, um, who else comes in for him? I think it's uh, Diaby and Ben Yedder who come in. Like, I think it's one of those two that replaces him. France do not win any of those games. Any of those games in June. They, they uh, lose two and draw two, all while scoring only three goals. And yes, Benzema scored a goal there. Mbappe scored one. Rabio scored one. But Giroud is so important because even if he isn't scoring, he acts as a target for France and he gives them more structure in how they play. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw the game of France versus Austria. I'm not sure how many people did because it was on Fubo TV, but whatever. Uh, that's yeah. that's, for, that's for, for a different discussion. But he was linking up with Mbappe really well. And of course... Can you guess how he scored his goal? How? With a header. Because ah. of course he did. It's, it, he's Drew. That's what he does. He, he has an unbelievable skill for just finding the right places to get into position and score. It's, it, and he makes the French team look better. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's my hot take. He has, he has to be a lock for the World Cup. He has to be. He is too good and too consistent for France to be left at home. 
on average in his career, he's scored like about every other game. Yeah, and he, he's in good That's form right now too for exactly. uh, for AC Milan. So exactly, of, of so, course, n- not a great last game against Denmark, but you know he also happen. got subbed off at, uh, too early. I think I think that's the issue there. I I think you you've got to keep him in. You've got to keep him in for some clutch goals. But yeah, they, they seems, didn't. <laughs> it didn't seems believe. weirdly selective. But okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I, hey, I, he he won every single aerial duel in that game. That's. Uh, technically the truth <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. there we go okay it's, ev- it's everyone else's fault he didn't have yes. good service that game yes uh, I don't know. yes uh, yes of course Giroud of course. is the most is the best player in the world also uh they didn't have jonathan klaus playing with him so uh, well okay all right all right <laughs> there so, you go we're we're, we're 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 diagnosing the french problems yeah jack how sad will you be when olivier Giroud retires in a couple years from now Oh, he won't retire. He, he's going to play forever. It's fine. Wow. 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 He, he's okay. going to be like, there, there's one guy in like the, the Japanese, like third tier that's still playing <laughs> and it's like 58 or something. I, I feel like, he, I feel like he's playing like in the first or second tier. Like that's it's even like, more impressive. So this is see, Giroud, he can keep playing forever. Watch. He'll yeah, like go to Japan, the, he'll, I guess, or he'll go to the French, like third tier and just keep playing because why not that? I, I, I think that would be hilarious. And also I could see him doing it. I guess so. He's Plus, kind of he's kind of old now, but if hey, this is a couple of years ago, if this couple of years ago and he came to MLS, I think he could have done well. Oh, uh, he he's gonna that that's that's Minnesota United's next player. That's our next big striker. Yeah, that, that that's the, that's the number nine we need. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it is. N- none, of these, that, none of these none of these aging players, Jack. <laughs> yeah, you know, we need to bring yeah. in a nice youthful player like Olivier Giroud. Yep, yes, yep. that that's 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 the missing number nine. That's the one we. I need. love it. I love hot it. Hot take. Hot take. A two. Instead wow. of instead of A one, Olivier Giroud is is the striker that will take Minnesota United to MLS Cup. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Jack. Well, uh, let's keep on talking about France. Let's keep on talking about Giroud, and let's keep keep talking about the European Nations League, which Giroud was just a part of. We I, the game that I mentioned, of course, was them losing two to zero to Denmark. But you know. The only real competitive games going on right now, because it's a lot of World Cup tune-up that's happening right now when you look at the friendlies. And those are hard to really talk about because a lot of players are either, you know, faking injuries so they don't have to play so they can preserve themselves for the actual World Cup or for the rest of the European season. Or you have coaches just trying different things, trying different combinations of players, trying to deal with all the injuries that they're going through. Uh, But there's one competition, one international competition that's still happening for better or for worse, and that is the UEFA Nations League. A recap for the people who might have forgotten, uh, UEFA Nations League is a international break competition, basically, happening throughout of each of the international breaks that have continued to uh, occur, and it's split into four different tiers, A, B, C, or D, and you each team plays in a group, you top the group, you get promoted, or you go into the final four Nations League finals if you are in League A, or you get relegated to uh, the lesser leagues. And the way that it, well, it, it it's structured friendlies, it's it's structured friendlies. It's it's structured it's structured friendlies. Like that, that that is the point of the Nations League. We've talked about it before. It's there to replace friendlies and give you chances to play against teams that are to your level or in England's case maybe above your level and you know get some good experience uh that way and so the way that 
some of these leagues they have different numbers uh in terms of who which teams are you know how many teams are in a group uh but in the top league it's you know four teams and imagine just like any like world cup tournament you you play home and away or not i guess you don't play home and away for a world cup but you, you know what i mean if it's qualifying play home and away top bottom blah 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 but the difference is of course it's split between all these different international breaks because of the world cup being in the middle of the season this year instead of these european teams getting to choose their opponents so they can strategically uh, prepare for the world cup they have to play in this nations league the window right before the world cup so not only are we wrapping up this nations league to see who gets relegated to league b league c league d or who gets promoted or who goes to the nations league finals we're also seeing what is realistically these european teams' last chance to get some preparation in before the world cup in qatar so it's really really interesting and i figured we at least go through the groups in the top leagues and kind of talk about the other bottom leagues in a little bit more bird's eye view but all of this to say long story short let's get into league a1 group a1 it's a weird way to kind of label things kind of sounds like a barbecue sauce or whatever that sauce <laughs> is steak sauce that is it yep yep that's one jack before we walked into this uh this international break there were actual worries of France getting relegated. And depending on a result between Austria and Croatia, it could have happened. But luckily, mm -hmm. for you at least, that's not the case. I figured we should probably talk about France since we are already on that ball. Jack, France, what did you think? What did you make of their performance in this international break ahead of the World Cup? Well, against Austria, they were playing pretty well. Uh... I thought I thought they looked pretty good in there. They, you know, the midfield was solid. Uh, Giroud and Griezmann and Mbappe played well together. I feel like that's like the ideal combo for for the front three. Yes, I know Benzema exists, but it it feels like the the combination between them just works better. The offense flows more freely, I guess, uh, and. The defense as well. I I I think in the game against Austria, Badia Shiel from Monaco, very impressive in in that game. Uh, didn't have much to do, but did not put a foot wrong. Uh, won his one tackle that he made. Uh, recovered the ball twelve times. Only lost one duel in total. Uh, and also made eleven passes into the final third from center back. That it's not too bad. Um, so. That was good. Of course, the bad from that from that game, Mignon and Jules Koundé both get injured. Yes. So uh, that's not good. Uh, but I mean, may maybe you were all right with it because Ariola got to play a little bit. So, yeah. And he, he didn't look terrible. Of course, uh, you know, he you didn't have to make a save against Austria. Yeah. But <laughs> against Denmark, less as good. But still, I, I wouldn't say that. Those goals were his fault, if you want to no. talk about uh, Denmark versus France, which I think was a, a really interesting game. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that it was a it was a good game. France looked like they were on the front foot to start with, uh -huh. but they just didn't take opportunity of opportunities. Uh, I didn't think Furlan Mendy had that good of a game. I thought his crosses were just. Not quite there. Uh, 
he he wasn't providing a lot of a lot of you know a lot going forward. Pavard also wasn't doing fantastic uh, pro- providing stuff going forward, and the and Camavinga just did not look fantastic in this. I I feel like they should have started uh, uh, Yusuf Fafana, who had a fantastic game against Austria, controlling the midfield and kind of rewarded that, but. Um, and then also Jonathan Klaus should have should have been starting. I, I, I've raved about him several times, but when he came on, he was providing a little bit more into the box and giving some more opportunities. I the defense. Wasn't fantastic. Uh, it wasn't. I, I don't think I, I think Uva Meccano did all right. He didn't look terrible. He had a few really clutch interventions, but. Saliba did not look the most comfortable the whole time. I I don't I which is weird because he's been very good for Arsenal. I I but he he didn't look as comfortable. Maybe it's because they're they're playing a back three and he's just not as comfortable in a back mm-hmm. three. But uh yeah I I feel like Deschamps is maybe in a little bit of the same case of Greg Berhalter, which I'm sure we'll talk about of, of where he's not really. He's kind of sort trying to force a system that doesn't really suit the players he has. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a little bit unfortunate. And that's honestly my takeaway of France in the, in the Nations uh-huh. League. A lot of it was trying to force players into this 3-4-1-2 that just didn't take advantage of what they have right. in terms of talent. It, did, it doesn't take advantage of, you know... Uh, as as much as much like the pace of Mbappe, I think, uh, mm-hmm. and doesn't allow him to cut in as much because okay. he's playing pretty centrally. Uh, I I I I'm still skeptical. I'm still skeptical about Deschamps as a manager. Dang. I have I have been since the uh, since the Euros last summer. I, yeah, he he's gotten some good <laughs> wins here and there. Yeah, they won, he, they, they won the Nations League. They yeah. won't be able to defend the title next year, but. They won the Nations League, sure, um, against an aging Belgium and us and Spain. And honestly, the more I think about it, kind of not should have won, kind of shouldn't yeah. have won it. Hey, uh, oh, wow. Now you agree. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that was a year ago. And I'm kind of starting to think maybe maybe <laughs> maybe it was bad that we won the Nations League because wow. it kind of papered over all of the cracks that were forming. Uh, but. Oh. And then we, and then, you know, we got to stat pad against Kazakhstan and win eight yes. <laughs> zero. And then we, and then we hit the nation's league again. And it's like Denmark lost Croatia, draw Austria, draw Croatia loss. Yeah. And it's like, man, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's, we're, we're not playing well, but do it's, it's all, I, I, I blame Deschamps for a lot of it. And also, kind of, also, our midfield was not healthy at all in that there was no Conte, no Pogba, no Rabio, which does suck for these games. But also, like, come on, you, 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 you're telling me that you couldn't put together a more cohesive game plan yeah. against Denmark than mm-hmm. what, what, whatever, you know, I, yeah. I. I, I, I feel like I've ranted about France enough, like well, for six minutes straight I, now. I, I do have a question before we move on, because I, I, th- I think I'll ask this for most World Cup teams, but where is your worry meter on a, on a scale to one to ten? 
and not just like you as a fan but like how worried should french fans be the french french national team as a whole be from zero to ten because there there are some stats number Mm -hmm. one uh this doesn't apply to the world cup but because france finished third uh they'll be in pot two for euro 2024 qualifiers which puts a little bit more strain and you actually have to like kind of think about world mm-hmm. like euro qualifiers instead of just being able to blow it off because you're top seed who knows maybe you'll be in in a, a group with a uh, denmark again i don't know oh, God. but speaking of, <laughs> speaking of being in the same group as denmark pertinent to the world cup yep. france are in the world mm-hmm. cup in the same group with denmark so does this play into any of the worried uh the worriedness that france is going to take into the world cup um uh, but also keeping in mind that like you mentioned Around 15 players were injured uh, for this mm-hmm. France squad. So you have a lot of players that either lack creativity or experience. Like you mentioned the midfield, Chouamani and Kamavinga are still incredibly young. If you had uh, a very veteran player like Conte, maybe everything changes here. Maybe Pogba changes the, this result from 2-0 to zero one way to 2-1 to one the other. Uh, be, with that in mind, 0-10, to 10, what is your worried meter for this team uh i'm gonna say like a seven okay i'm, I'm That's pretty, pretty worried. worried about it because we're yeah we have to play against denmark again and we've got australia and tunisia which are not easy are not easy i i know so i know some people might be like oh australia oh we drew against them in the world cup in 2018 we yeah we did not a zero zero draw even it, it was not i it, wait Am I remembering that? I might be misremembering this. Hold on. Fake fan. Fake uh, fan. Yep, I remembered it wrong. We we barely beat them. Two two to one. We 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 won by an own goal. In that. Great. That that's that's how we won an own goal. Um, and then Tunisia. Tunisia. Um, to be fair, they 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 had a rough, they had a rough time a little bit ago in um in Afcon. <laughs> Right. Uh, uh-huh. They 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 had they had a they had an interesting time, <laughs> uh, and so that that one might be easier. But even then, not by much. And yeah, I mean Denmark just, still is there. Denmark yeah. is still there. And yes, you can say, oh, the top two qualify. I could see us like drawing and dropping points against Tunisia or Australia and losing to Denmark and being out in the group stage. And plus, the 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 champions curses. Seems to be very much real. So <laughs> I mean, scary. like, it, it might it might happen. You know, I I'm I'm saying like I'm at a seven for worry. It, All right. Yeah. Cool. I I'm not gonna be as worried for France, uh, but I I for sure think that like with a lot of these top teams, the fact that you have so many players injured will make it very interesting how you prepare going forward uh, as the World Cup looms because. If you don't have that chemistry built up, it makes things a lot harder. I will say, if Conte and Pogba are both fit and playing, my worry drops to like a five. Right. I... Because that pivot is amazing. I don't know what it is, but they both just make each other better. It is. It is. And I, I, I'd probably agree with you there. Uh, I'd also hope that you'd agree that when we talk about Denmark, we can really talk about Christian Eriksen being honestly one of the best midfielders uh, in terms of form in the world right now for both club and country, kind of, you know, carrying Manchester United in many respects and carrying Denmark in some other respects. 
unfortunately for them, they didn't make it to uh, the world, the Nations League finals. But still, a very good showing from them. If I had to give them a worried meter between zero and ten, I'd probably give them like a two or three. I think, given where their expectations are, I think they have the talent to meet those expectations, go to the uh, the knockout stages, and potentially even further. Especially when you have Eriksson, Hoiberg, and Schmeichel in the back. Jack, any thoughts on Denmark? They're very good. <laughs> They're very good. Uh, I'm. I mean, uh, some some players that were really impressive in this, I'd say Andreas Skovolson was really impressive uh, overall in this campaign, you know, uh, scored today against France uh, and Mikhail Damsgaard also uh, was impressive in the Euros and impressed again today. I, I think Denmark has a lot of young ish talent, I would say. Yeah, not not necessarily like the youngest squad out there, but. The average age of their back line is 25. Yeah. Uh, the, if you the, don't count Casper Schmeichel. The, their, fr- their front three is like their oldest player was Dolberg, who's 24. Damsgaard yeah. is super young. Olsen, as you, you mentioned. From, They're both from 22. Club yeah. Rouge, 22. Yeah. Like, like Erickson is their, like, like their, their veteran in the outfield. Yeah. Delaney's technically a year older, but even then. like Yeah. I, I wouldn't really consider Delaney like as a super... I guess, leadership position. But yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, I mean, so... Yeah, Denmark are very good. De- Denmark are very good. I would not be worried at all about them, uh, uh, about their chances in the World yeah. Cup. I, I think they're going to top the group, honestly. Wow. I, that's... I, don't, I don't have faith in France to beat them. They, we lost to them twice, and we got fully outclassed in both, in both games against them. Okay, okay. Uh, I do not have faith that we are going to be able to beat Denmark. Wow. All right. All right. Well, another team that I also, I kind of have doubts about, and, and this is a team that is actually top of this group, and that is Croatia. Croatia, yeah. Uh, they, they played very well. They, they, got, they did the double over Denmark, and that, that was the, the separator between them uh, qualifying for the, the Nations League finals and not. Uh, they did the the job against Austria, who uh, weren't the best in, in this in this campaign. Nearly beat out France, but uh, Croatia beat them, and they're in the final four. Very good for them. Uh, Livakovic, their goalkeeper, I think has been very underrated uh, this entire yeah. campaign. It's not like Croatia has lights out defenders, and yet still being able to, you know get get some uh good saves and keep balls out i think has been very good but honestly the reason why i would put their word meter at maybe six maybe seven is the fact that yes they have a lot of good players modric is in their midfield he is a generational talent but I'm not worried about Modric. I'm not worried about that midfield. Because even if something happens to Modric, because, you know, he's getting older, they still have good players in the midfield. They have Kovacic, Pasalic, uh, Lovro, uh, Meyer. But I'm worried about that left-wing spot and really the creativity when it comes from that front line. Because I think Perisic will be their most important player at the World Cup. Because I see the drop-off from Perisic to whoever else their, their starting left winger is as pretty much jumping off of a cliff. Meanwhile, something happens to Modric, something happens to Kovacic, that sucks. 
you have players that can step up. That is, I don't think that's the case with Perisic and the amount of creativity he has brought on in this game against Austria, in the games against Denmark, are is completely unsurmountable. And so I think the the worry here is not that if everyone's healthy, they'll do poorly. It's that if anything happens to Perisic and Tottenham are being very careful with him, but if anything happens with him, they're in a lot of creative trouble. So I'm going to put them at six or seven. Yeah, I I, th- I think Croatia impressed me a lot more than I thought they would mm-hmm. this this tournament. Um, I thought they were going to be awful uh, <laughs> because they kind of have been, been on the decline for they were on a decline for a little bit after the World Cup. Final. Yeah, but fair credit to them. Fair. Oh, man, I, I mixed full credit and fair play. <laughs> uh, fair play to them for for making it all the way here. Uh, you know, Modric is still very good. De- Dejan Lovren scored as well in this. Mm-hmm. I I honestly forgot he was still playing. Uh, but he still is, and apparently, he's still all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Croatia, I'd still be worried because also their goalkeeper situation is not great after the first goalkeeper. When you look at like nations like you know France, for example, uh, or Germany. Right, you've got a quite a few like top level goalkeepers. Yeah. Uh, Croatia doesn't really have that. Luckily, mm-hmm. goalkeepers are probably the least likely position to get injured. So yeah, it they, is what they, it is. they've got a little luck there. But awesome, yeah. Well, that is a group A one: Croatia on top, Denmark, France third, Austria relegated. They are one of only two teams that have actually finished up at the time of recording. Uh, a lot of these games are going to finish up either on Monday or Tuesday. And this next group that we're talking about is going to finish up on Tuesday as Group A2. Featuring right now Portugal in first and 10 points. Spain right before and 8 points. Switzerland and Czech Republic both uh, trying not to get relegated. I'm just going to say that Switzerland is probably going to win against the Czech Republic. They have the, the, the two-point advantage. All they need is a draw. And... They they got a good result against Spain to uh, put them in this position. So, yeah, I wouldn't be so sure though. They did lose to the Czech Republic in the reverse. So that is true. But but who who's at home for this uh for this match? It is hey, Switzerland. I mean, Switzerland is yeah, but it's that's not everything. You that, know? that is not everything. I I understand that. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how that shakes up. But the most interesting match here is obviously going to be. The Iberian Peninsula. Is it Iberia? Yep. Okay, yep. good. You, you got it. You got yeah. it. Yeah. I know my you know geography. geography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because uh, it's Portugal versus Spain being hosted by Portugal. Uh, Portugal all needs to draw in order to make the Nations League final, or Spain can win. Let's start off with the, the current group leaders, Portugal. Jack, I'll be honest. Ronaldo has not looked great this entire season for club, for sure. And for country now as well, I, yeah. I, I'm not convinced that that he is that he should maybe be in the starting eleven for Portugal. I don't know if that's a hot take at all, but I, b- b- before before the first half even concluded, he had two really good chances, failed to score. I think he actually uh, gave away one of the penalties. Uh, so not not great at all, uh, to be fair. And yeah, yeah. I I think a lot of it has really come down to the fact that 
Portugal as a whole kind of needs to uh, step up. But I really do think that a lot of this just so happens to be uh, Santos, their head coach, relying too heavily on Ronaldo. And maybe he's putting the individual player above the team. And something that I thought, this is kind of tangentially related, but Ricardinho, former Portuguese player, uh, and I, I believe it was some kind of award ceremony for the Portuguese Football Federation, said, quote, I stepped down from the national team so the younger generation could take over, and today I'm sure it was the right decision. Now, whether or not he meant it or not, the camera then immediately focused on Cristiano Ronaldo. And when you look at the players that are with Portugal right now that are doing well, especially in this last game against, oh, I'm blanking who they, who they just played. I'm guessing it's Czech the Republic. Czech Republic, of yep. course. It was good games from the likes of Fernandes, uh, Rafael Liao, Bernardo Silva. Lots of great attacking talent. As we've said before, Jota came off the bench, right? They're rich in talent. They can afford to have Diego Jota coming off the bench and having these attacking schemes where uh, Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes trade who is central so they can get to the confused defenders and stuff. And Ronaldo has not lived up to those expectations, has not lived up to where he was before. Jack, what do you think about Portugal? Because I, regardless of if they win against Spain, which I think they will, I, I personally would be worried. Yeah, I, I, I think their, their head coach uh, doesn't utilize all the talent they have. And uh, we've been saying this. We've been oh, yeah, saying this yeah. for we, we've been more saying than a year now. Time. Yeah. And yeah, it's great if you have depth and talent all throughout it. But if your coach isn't utilizing it, um, it's not useful. Like, yeah, sure. Ronaldo is going to bring in viewers and is going to bring in people to watch and like probably is going to help you a little bit. But is it worth stifling the growth of all of these other really talented players when he's clearly regressed quite a bit from, you know, his, his season, his season with uh, his last season with Juve, he was very good, but he's regressed mm -hmm. a lot since then. Yeah. Like it, it's been pretty clear that he is just not the same player. And Hey, I mean, he's 37 that, and the game is constant as, been shifting for a long time towards players who can keep up with pace and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And whether he likes it or not, he's getting older and he's losing some of that pace. Uh, he can still score. He got an assist against Czech Republic, right? Yeah. But he's not the same player. He's not. He's just not the same player. And that, and that, that's, that, that, that's it. Bernardo Silva was looking pretty good. Bruno Fernandez was really shining, but Diogo Dallo, yeah, very, very good. I, Two I mean, goals as a right back is crazy. It's wild that he was thrown out of the Manchester United team by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he has been just a, a, an amazing player for them yeah. and for Portugal. I mean, you know, like you say, two, two goals, two assists as a right back is already crazy. Yeah, but two goals from a right back in a single game that that's something else like uh, mm -hmm. it. Like, you know, utilize that kind of stuff, right? He's yeah. only 23. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be interested to see this game against Spain because yeah. usually they draw against Spain. I mean, they, they haven't beaten Spain since a friendly in 2010. 
Like mm-hmm. that was the last time they beat Spain. Uh, so I don't know. I'm going to expect a draw from this, but if, 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 it, if it ends up being like something, something else, uh, like in favor of Spain, then yeah. maybe you've got to look a little bit at everything this coach has been doing. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I personally like don't think Portugal's going to struggle in the group stage of the world cup. But that is not their expectation, right? Their expectation is to make it as far as possible or, or potentially even win. And no. if you look at the worried meter, I think it's 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 not peaking per se, but it's definitely it's definitely somewhere in the six to seven range as well. I, I don't think they have their their coach is going to hold them back too much. Uh, and I think okay. I think they get eliminated quarterfinals, probably quarterfinals. Okay. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking quarterfinal finish, probably. Yeah, maybe I, semis if like maybe semis but yeah and that, that'd still be an improvement to where they were uh in 2018 i believe they went out round of 16 round of 16 i believe you're correct sounds that. correct that uh, sounds correct it sure does <laughs> yeah uh but yes uh moving on to spain while jack maybe looks that up uh they lost to switzerland they could have taken the lead in group a2 uh Enrique, their head coach, said, quote, I can't remember a match with so many technical errors, especially on the two corners where we conceded goals. We lost too many easy balls. We didn't defend well. Now we simply have to win away to Portugal. A lot of pressure he's putting on his players. Uh, Meanwhile, Switzerland's head coach put it pretty clearly when he said that, quote, we knew we could profit from set plays, so it proved to be we were so well organized, we remained solid, and the goals we scored came at the perfect time moments kind of you know stock from switzerland i think that i think honestly they're a very underrated team all things considered i'm really glad that they continue to find success here they, uh they lost to uruguay in the round of 16 so maybe they should be worried yeah. because they're facing uruguay again so yeah, maybe maybe uh i i think switzerland is honestly an underrated team for me going into uh the world cup and spain I'm not going to say they're overrated, but they, they have missed a lot of uh, players, a lot of forwards due to injury, whether it's uh, uh, Oyarzabal, Mor- Gerard Moreno, Danny Olmo, uh, Ansu Fadi has barely been playing for Barcelona. So a, a lot of injuries. And so you get a front six or so that doesn't really have a lot of chemistry together, doesn't really have a lot of goals between them. Enrique still has stated that he has no doubts about this team. Uh, which, again, give, given like th- their injuries, I I, I would tend to uh, uh, agree with, but it it is tough to see. Uh, Jack, are, what are your thoughts on on Spain losing to Switzerland and their upcoming game to Portugal? Who do you think is going to win there? You know, I if you're not going to say it, I will say it. I think Spain is a little bit overrated. Okay, I'm not okay. going to lie. Uh, they they had a decent showing in the Euro. They had a decent showing in the Nations League final. Right. But I don't know. This this team is, is this team just doesn't fill me with confidence because of like you said, chemistry issues. I, I feel like and I yes, people are hyping up like Gavi and Pedri. That's cool and all, but young talent can't win you trophies all the time. You you need some refinement in there and the chemistry just isn't working right now. Uh so yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll. I'll say. I'll say that they're All they're right. a, a, well, a tad bit I, overrated I, in things. But I, I 
won't because I, I still believe in them. They, they're in a group with Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. And honestly, that that could be tough. I, I mean, th- th- that could be tough, but I could also see them see them just winning it completely. And something that that I, I'll note, as always with Spain, is the fact that they've had a system. They've had a system for a long time, and when it comes down to it in these in these uh tournament matches they always seem to pull it together we wrote them off in the euros they played well and i I think that's something to be impressed by they you know they beat italy back when italy were good in the nations league final maybe that that was the beginning of the decline i think yeah exactly exactly sure uh but the fact that they have like kind of a a concrete uh, system maybe spells the fact that Maybe one more game, maybe a couple more games. Uh, once you get past uh, the first game of the World Cup, you'll see these players kind of know their roles and, and not be enamored by the occasion. So I'll leave it at that. Do you know what I'm predicting for the Portugal versus Spain result, though? Are you, are you going to stay with the draw? Yeah, draw. It, it's it, it's okay. always a draw between these two. I, it, it's all, it, it has been for the last 12 years. It's been draw after draw after draw. So why should I believe that it will be uh, anything different this time? Portugal and Spain are going to get in, in each other's heads. They're going to get in their own ways, and they're going to inevitably end up drawing. I'm I'm going with two to one to Portugal. Both goals coming from Ronaldo to really like no. <laughs> kind of shake things up and be like maybe we were wrong. No, no, be no. Crazy. I, I hope an own goal from Ronaldo. If anything, that's that's what, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, an yeah. own goal and uh, a, and a giveaway to set up another Spain goal while <laughs> everyone else who's younger around him scores and he has like a five or a four point five rating on football. Oh, wow! And everyone else is just better. That that that's my dream for the that's- agenda. The anti-Ronaldo uh, agenda. That'd be very funny. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Group A3. Uh, also not finished yet, but definitely... Part in of the, it's finished. Yeah, part of it is finished. We have England getting relegated to yeah. League B. Kind of a crazy result. Not kind of. It is a crazy result. Getting only two points throughout the entire Nations League Scoring uh, campaign. One goal. Yeah. Scoring one goal. Thus far, at least, but... Who knows when you're playing against Germany, who probably wants to at least, uh, I mean, they're not going to get into the finals. They're not going to get relegated, but they will for sure want to prepare for the World Cup well. So I don't think they're going to hold back any punches. But one spot that is completely undecided is right now the champions spot of Group A3, because it's between Hungary and Italy who are playing each other uh, on Monday. So the day that this releases... And Hungary's looked good. They keep on getting good results. They've beat England. They've just won against Germany thanks to a, a is it a shy lie goal? Is that how you pronounce it? Shalai, I think. Shalai, sure. Uh, but I, I really like this Hungary team. It's sad that they, you know, didn't do too well uh, in World Cup qualifying. But that back three with Orban anchoring it, very, very solid. And you have the front three of uh, shy lie, Gazdag of uh, Philadelphia Union, and Shobishlai. Very killer, and I, I I really think that their their head coach gets the most out of this team. There's the underdog mentality, and despite these players not being superstars, not coming from big teams, they're able to be compact and play very well. I think it's very impressive from them. Jack, Hungry, any thoughts? 
they're very good. <laughs> they they're very good. And I I'll, I'll I will say that they do have a lot of built-in chemistry actually when you when you look at it. Uh yeah. because you've got Gulashi, Orban and Shobushlai who are all from RB Leipzig. And uh-huh. you've got a lot of players who play in the Bundesliga, you know, Andres Schaufer uh plays for your favorite team, Union Berlin. That's true. Yeah. You, did you, you, you uh, and also this is this is them without one of their best players, Roland Shalai or Shalai, yeah, uh, who has been instrumental in this in this Nations League campaign for them. So they've looked really, really good considering that they're missing arguably their best player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't count them out of anything. Uh, do you, do you think they get the job done against uh, an Italy team who has been playing well, just beat England 1-0? to zero? Okay, but beating England right now isn't that special. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think they could. They're at home. They're they are at home, at home and that's going to be a very hostile environment for, for yeah. Italy. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of connotations about, the, about, this, uh, about this. You know, it's the battle of the green, white, and red flags, and also battle of... Um, Really far right governments yeah, in Europe. I, I was gonna yeah. see. I was gonna say, uh, uh, who can be the most right wing? Yeah, I I don't particularly want either of these countries to really win for the yeah for the soft power gains that we've talked about before. But um, you know, good for them on the football inside yeah. of things. <laughs> I, I I I think I think Hungary has what it takes to get a draw, and that's that's, that's all, all they need. All, all that it that's takes. all they need. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. imagine they set up with 10 at the back. <laughs> yeah. Imagine I mean, just like pack the goal, just have everyone in the goal. Yeah. And just like jump, jump to jump. to. <laughs> Given how historically Italy have been defensively, I, I'm sure that it's a very, uh, that would be a very boring game. Italy, oh. however, not been great defensively. Nope. Nobody except Hungary has been particularly good defensively. Uh, they've only conceded three goals. So it's been really impressive. Germany, on the other hand, just played terribly uh, against Hungary. Gnabry and Sané were bad. Werner, Jack, former now yeah. uh, Chelsea. Well, I don't player, care about how he does now because he's he's not yeah. at Chelsea. So well, I don't how, have how about this? One. Both our players, Kerr and Havertz, showed really poor when they came on. I was kind of disappointed in that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, first half, not very good. Uh, they weren't. They didn't really play with a lot of confidence, and I think the second half did get better. But at that point, they just couldn't get stuff going. I think, I think the output there was not good. Werner was not the man for the job. Havertz, when he came on, still uh, wasn't able to put things away. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that we're in the middle of a very tight season, so all these top teams are going to drop points because all their top players are tired. I don't know. Germany just. Under under Hansi Flick, uh, this Nations League have, has not looked great. Which is weird since he, he had them playing like a machine in World Cup. Actually, no. In World Cup qualification, it's kind of easy to play like a machine when you play against Armenia, Liechtenstein, North yeah, Macedonia, exactly. and Romania, I guess. But yeah, even then, you know, uh, but yeah, but. Can can we talk about can we talk about the yeah, funny thing I mean, now? Can we talk I, about? The I mean, funny? like like we could talk about Germany all we want, but nothing that they do now is going to change their their group stage standing. And we'll talk about. I I mean, actually, they could get second. I mean, they they could get second, but 
that doesn't really not, mean it's anything. Not, it, they're in playing general. for nothing really, except for yeah, just yeah. status. I guess. Yeah, and and to get ready for the World Cup, we'll talk about where they say in the World Cup eventually. Uh, Jack, the big story here, of course, and we kept uh, our <laughs> listeners waiting, is the fact that England got relegated from League A and are going to League B in the next 24-25 UEFA Nations League season. Jack, before you go into them, I have some stats. I have some quotes. Mm -hmm. Would you like to hear them? Yeah, I I have a feeling that I was actually about to say some of the same ones, so let's hear. (laughs) All right. Jack, England are one of only two nations yet to score a single non-penalty goal in the 2022-23 UEFA Nations League. Jack, the other nation is... I don't know what the other one, but I know they're not in Group A. Yeah. It's, def, it's I, probably I, like hey, Gibraltar. San Marino. It's San Marino. There isn't you it? go. Good job. Mm, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a reverse stat padding for you. Yeah, there, there we go. Uh, and Jack, an, a quote from Gareth Southgate, who uh, I have two actually. He says, quote, this loss it was a step in the right direction. And he also insists that, quote, he is the right man to lead England into the World Cup. Jack. I'll let you go. What do you think about those quotes? What do you think about this loss? What do you think about England getting relegated? Uh, first off, it's hilarious. It is uh, hilarious. We, we, we've got to say that because it is. Uh, this England team is one of the more talented England teams they've had in years, right? Uh, and yet, he's Gareth Southgate has managed to relegate an England team in a group that included Hungary. I'm yeah. sorry that that's that's embarrassing. No I mean, matter how you look yeah. at it, uh, like you could just name the players that they have. They're overflowing in talent. From st- the- I'm gonna read their last lineup: Sterling, Kane, Foden, Saka, Rice, Bellingham, James, McGuire, um, Di- oh, Walker, Pope. Yeah, <laughs> there, I, there's a few questionable ones in there. I, but. I'd consider ten out of eleven those to be at least f- pretty good. Yeah, I guess Dyer hasn't isn't terrible but yeah Dyer's not terrible but hmm. one another one of those players just knee slides when he scores against Albania so whatever yeah. uh but I think it, I think it's really funny that and it's another case of a manager not using the players he has and trying to force a system He's like, oh, I have a lot of defenders. What if I played a system with more defenders? Well, yeah, y- you lose. You mean calling up 13, 13 defenders isn't the right move and no, leaving the likes of believe it or not, Jack no. Grealish at home is great? Yeah, yeah, believe it or not, no, it's not the right move, uh, Gareth. Um, yeah, you, you got it wrong. You got it really wrong. He, he didn't leave Grealish at home, by the way. He, yeah, he, he got, did he take suspended. Him. Yeah, but um, come on, not, not playing... Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, who's on good form, Trent Alexander-Arnold, not playing Fakayo Tomori, who's been an amazing defender for the past two seasons, uh, you know, leaving, leaving Dean Henderson on the bench in favor of Nick Pope, or, or Aaron Ramsdale on the bench uh-huh. in favor of, of, of Nick Pope, uh, playing Luke Shaw in general, leaving Chilwell at home after he's been in great form. I mean, the, the decisions he's made are just awful just just awful they've gone like 450 minutes without scoring a non-penalty goal uh-huh that's ridiculous that that's that that is terrible for for england and this this I- team has just looked so 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 bad and they they can keep possession but they don't do anything with it they can make passes but they don't do anything with it they they're just not 
positive when they're when they're going forward. It's like honestly, like Southgate is going to be the manager in the World Cup at this point. They're not going to replace him. And it's going to cost them the war like any chance of going far in the World Cup. Sure, yeah. I I I I'm I'm looking at their group just to make sure I or wait, I know their group because they're in the group with yeah. the US. <laughs> US, Iran, and Wales. I mean, they'll probably still make it through the group stage, but I don't think it'll be convincing. Yeah. I'm, I like the U.S. don't look po- like the greatest right now, but I also don't feel as terrified about going against England. Yeah, because I feel like if this is the way they play. We have a chance of beating them. Yeah. Uh, if Hungary can if Hungary can beat them, if a dysfunctional Italy can beat them, uh, I, I think the U.S. stands a chance. Uh, but I agree. I this was just honestly pretty much everyone in this game had just a bad showing. Yeah. Uh, Reese James created three chances. Kind of all right. Declan Rice was pretty good. Had had some good passes, uh, some some good accurate lawn balls, uh, made some good recoveries. Jude Bellingham was OK, created some chances, had some shots. But, all for not though, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for nothing, right? The the forwards just weren't there. Phil Foden wasn't switched on for for a lot of it. He had good passing statistics, but didn't have good accurate crosses. Didn't I don't think he took a shot. He didn't take a single shot in the game. Harry Kane had a 50% shot accuracy. <sighs> Raheem Sterling didn't take a single shot like Yeah. There's, this team they're, just they're, they're just oh. There just seems to not be enough creativity or fight within these players. Like, there's no real intensity, and that's not because this is glorified friendlies or however you want to define it. But it, it just it seems intrinsic, whether it's in the system, because it it is for sure a, a negative style of football, and not negative as in it's like a bad style of football. Because plenty of teams are able to play this and find success, but those are teams that need to be able to play like this in order to succeed. England don't need to play with 13 defenders getting called up uh, to the national team. Like they have enough attacking talent to rely on the attacking talent rather than rely on a strong defense to get them going. And, you know, unattractive uh, football is really nice when you're getting results. But the second that you have a very large run of form where you don't get results, you either have to change your personnel or change your tactics. And despite changing personnel, it seems to be the system that is kind of messing up right now. Yeah. And, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like why, what, what defense does Southgate have? Actually, no, I heard his defense and it's garbage uh, for leaving Rashford and Sancho at home because I don't like Manchester United, but it's hard to admit that they're not on good form. And what's your Ooh. rationale then for picking Luke Shaw, who, is not on good form or, you know, uh, what is his rationale? I want to find out. It's it. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's, it was like, Oh, uh, they, they, they just need some time to, and they haven't been in the system enough or something like that. It was dumb. The the rationale is dumb. Regardless. It doesn't matter what rationale he gives. It's still bad because why, why, why are you calling up like some of these players? Uh, who, you know, like, I I know you like Jared Bowen a lot, but no, he shouldn't have been called he, up. I'll, he, I'll say he's that he's not on good form, is he? Right, it's like, a terrible so, form. 
Yeah. So why not call up Rashford, who has two assists and three goals? Right. Like why? Yeah. Why? Why not? Uh, it's 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 just ridiculous. Yeah. Some of these decisions that he made. Uh, but it, I, I also think it's funny that he made the decisions because it led to this. Yeah. And England are going to be playing along the likes of, you know, uh, mighty, mighty, mighty teams like uh, Ireland and Albania and Montenegro and Slovenia. Yeah. Great, great preparation. Great times spent in the in the international break windows. I'm sure England is really going to appreciate that. No. Yeah. I mean, if I'm England, my worried meter is pretty high for the World Cup. It's pretty high for the next four years because mm-hmm. what this means in the long run is that england won't be able to play for the nation's league title like they won't be able to make the top four until the 26 27 season and that also means that they're going to be in pot b for euro qualifying for the yep. for the next uh to go around and that means that the lower stakes nation's league games are going to be against easier opponents which will m- make it harder for youngsters to get a real challenge because you know, you could treat this as friendlies, but still playing against the likes of, you know, Germany and Italy is a good litmus test to get ready for bigger competitions like the Euros, like the World Cup. Now you're going to be playing against, you know, no offense to them, but Slovenia and Finland. Those are good teams, but it's not the same as playing against Germany or Italy. And it also means that qualifying for the Euros will take more of a strain if they get drawn with a big name which makes it harder to integrate those young players and also just kind of takes a lot of focus away when when you should be just kind of cruising through that. Like this has huge implications for the next four years. You have this golden generation and you need to get them reps against high level talent and maybe hopefully win a trophy. And you have the Euros and the World Cup to do that too. But this would be a great trophy to fight for that now you can't. Mm-hmm. And it also means that climbing up the FIFA rankings is harder because presumably you're going against weaker opponents, lowering the amount of points that you'd get for a win, which can hurt their World Cup rankings come 2026. And we need to figure out which pot each team goes into. Yeah, this is just kind of Gareth Southgate has potentially set England back like a number of years with yeah. with being in charge for this long. Like, he should have he should have been gone after i don't know after i i guess it's tough to sack him after the euros right because he made it to the final it, it's a, it's one of those things. it's like it's like burhalter i i'm not burhalter out but it's kind of hard to sack him based off of results mm-hmm. because the results are good but it's hard to be confident in him when you look at the process in which those results were get gotten right yeah, yeah, so uh, it's, all, all I'm saying is the U.S. can win their Nations League. Yeah. That, that's yeah. England gets relegated from there. Is that hey, uh, yeah. we are not the same? That's that's exactly. that, that's that's what I have to say. Exactly. All right. Well, let's quickly breeze through Group A four: Netherlands and Belgium. Uh, this I mean, it's already done. Netherlands yeah. is on top with 16 points. They crushed it. Yeah, uh, are unbeaten in the last 32 competitive matches under Van Gaal. Very good. I think they'll be fine. Belgium, I think they lost, but I also think that they're going to be fine. Uh, it, it, it was a pretty boring match, all things considered, between Netherlands and Belgium. Poland were there. Swiderski of Charlotte FC scored, which is kind of cool. Wales are not great, which is good for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, in the other leagues, League B, 
Scotland versus Ukraine are they're going against each other for the for a promotion, which didn't they play each other for the World Cup as well? Yes, uh, this is a rematch of that in which oh, wow. um, I believe Ukraine beat them three to yeah. one, but yep. Scotland also beat them uh, recently. Actually, yeah, like a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, to to so this this is gonna be a big one. Yeah, it's it's just... gonna. I'm I'm excited for it. I hope I personally hope Ukraine get promoted in. So all of the UK teams are. Ooh, oh, imagine good. if they were all in the same group. Yeah, I mean, you you could potentially have, I believe, Ireland, Scotland, uh, England, and uh, Wales all in a group. Oh my God! Imagine, imagine how good those games would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming unless there's some kind of rules that dictate that some teams have to be split. I think up. they should throw them away and just do it automatically. Yeah, I don't think you yeah. should give a chance for it. I think. Yeah, Northern Ireland are not going to be up there because yeah, they are not getting promoted from, no, they're, from League C. They're not good. They're not good. No. Uh, but a team that is getting promoted from League B into League A is Israel, who had eight points despite conceding six goals. Uh, they are have clinched promotion. And Russia, as many of you probably know, uh, were disqualified from Group B. So they aren't going to be in League C, which is not going to be great for their professional development. Uh, in the... Other groups, Group B, three, we have Bosnia and Herzegovina getting promoted to League A, uh, which I think is a, a pretty big deal. Uh, it also guarantees them spot in the UEFA Euro 2024 playoffs. So anyone that, that you know makes it this far, gets promoted, gets that playoff spot. So it's a pretty big deal. Romania on the edge of getting relegated. They saved themselves. They they scored against Finland to get a draw. That is that true. If if they had not scored in that game, they would be relegated already. Yeah. So they they saved themselves. It's really tough. Do do do, do I want Finland with with my beloved Robin Ludd? He's getting not relegated? playing there right now. He's injured. So I, I mean, he, he 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 will be playing there. I, I guarantee it. Uh, or do I want my girlfriend's uh, national team to get relegated? I don't know. Mm. Kind of a hard decision. Also have former loon Rasmus Schuller on the that's, team. That's yeah. that's true. And uh, is Yuka Raitala still playing for them? I don't think he got called up for this. Good because he wasn't Wyndham? good. I don't know why he got called up to the Euros last yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, they do have. A, they have a different Coleman. Oh wow! Crazy. Yeah, spelled almost the same. It just has uh, an accent above the A. I um, makes sense. Yeah, Raitala did not get called up. No. Yeah. All right. In Group B4, we have Norway and Serbia vying for a promotion, both at 10 points. And we have Sweden potentially getting relegated. They need a win against Slovenia of all teams in order to not get relegated. What a story that would be for Sweden to go from a good showing at the Euros to League C. Speaking of League C, we have Turkey winning promotion, Greece also winning promotion, Kazakhstan winning promotion, and Georgia winning promotion not the states the country and league d latvia and estonia win promotion most of these other leagues are either fully wrapped <laughs> up or it might as well be because you have one really big team just kind of chilling yeah, down here when they should Estonia's be. last game is against san marino so yeah so uh, yeah all right jack that is the the nation's league done and dusted i don't think we're gonna bring them up again uh we spent a little bit of time on uh, it we but- we we are because I'm gonna ask you trivia about it. Yeah. Oh, so. uh, I was saying as a lead-in because I was like, okay. we're not gonna talk about it again. So let's talk about some trivia to cap things off here. Okay. Okay. Uh, so hello, it's stat padding time, and stat padding is trivia about statistics. This one's about the Nations League, and some of them are gonna be easy. 
and some of them are going to be difficult because that's how this game works. So, yeah, which team scored the most in each of the leagues? Most goals in each league. Most so goals. A, B, C, and D. Okay. I actually have no idea. Uh, I'm going to start with League C because mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that it's Norway just because you have a, a certain Erling Holland there. Um, is Norway in League C? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no. They're I'm not. At, I, I'm They're at not League B. League I'm at League B, and I'm still sticking with Norway. Uh, you'd be wrong on that. It, it is not. Norway is not one of the two teams that has scored the most in League B. No. All right. League D? <laughs> was it Latvia? I'm going to go with Latvia out of the two teams, either Estonia or Latvia. Yeah, uh, they got to play against San Marino, so yeah, Let's Latvia. Go. If you okay. get three out of four, I'll give you the point. All right. So. League C, I'm going to go with Turkey because they shouldn't be there, but they are there. Yep, yep. They've scored 18 goals. So, yep. So now, and League A for the point. Uh, I'm going to go with the team that we kind of glossed over cause, just because they kind of walked their league, uh, their group, Netherlands. That is correct. 14 goals oh, scored. So okay. there you go. And it was Scotland or Serbia in League B. Scotland both, or Serbia. Okay. Both have scored should... 11. Okay. Norway surprisingly has only scored seven, and they they still have one more match left. Who knows what happens? That's true. That's true. They do. Uh, so now, which teams we talked about best offenses, best defenses conceded the least in each group, in in each league or each or each league? Yep. Dude, this is tough. Uh, yeah, I I I I wanted you to think about each of the the levels. I already mentioned Hungary, so I'm gonna go with Hungary. It's not correct. Ah, uh, there's one team that did better in in League A. And it's Portugal. It's Portugal. So, Dang. Portugal. So now you have to get the rest of these. So well, B, I'm not, I'm not going to get this. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I'll stick with. Okay. You mentioned Scotland is one of the best offense. I'm just going to assume like if you have a good offense, you have a good defense. Uh, so I'll stick with. No, Scotland, like they can see it a lot. <laughs> Uh, Ukraine. That that's one of them. They they've only conceded okay. four, along with Bosnia and Herzegovina, as well as Montenegro. Okay, only conceding four. Can I stick with Turkey for League C? That would be incorrect. It's not <sighs> Turkey. Turkey has conceded four goals, uh, because they conceded two against Faroe Islands today. Oh uh, no! And uh, Greece is actually the one who have only conceded one goal. Wow, that's actually really impressive. Yes. Uh, okay. Pretty pretty impressive, yes. For League D. Yep. Latvia or Estonia? I'm not going to pick any of the other ones. Uh, it's fair. Wait, okay. Estonia still has to play San Marino, so that means that they haven't played as many games. So I'm going to go with... Est- and Estonia is in a three team groups that just means that they don't have to play a lot of games against actual good opposition so i'm gonna go with uh estonia yep that, that's correct they've yeah. only conceded yeah. two yeah okay good there you go yeah, yeah. it makes perfect sense actually yeah. you got 50 percent of them right so i can't give you the point there, that's unfortunately. okay but uh we're gonna go to the next one oh, we're, i'm not i'm only i'm only going to go with a and b for this one because okay. trying to ask you this for c and d would be awful uh so who had the most goal contributions in group a and who had the most in Group B? Ah, this one is one of these it, is significantly easier than the other. Okay, League B. 
I don't know, Erling Holland. That, yeah, that seems yes. like it, yeah, of okay. course it's Erling. All right, okay. he, he has been involved in every single one of Norway's goals. Great, great. Uh, so, okay, the Netherlands is harder because I'm gonna stick with the Netherlands. Okay, because they've scored the most goals. But the reason why it's harder is because I don't know who their player is. <laughs> I can say Memphis Depay, but also if I want to step away from the Netherlands and go for Belgium. I feel like I can go with Kevin De Bruyne here, but I don't think any other team has an out-and-out player that I can really point to, nor do I think that they have the amount of goals that would like necessitate a player being at like at that level. Remember, it's goals plus assists, goals all goal contributions. So. Okay. so, so I, maybe not a striker, unless you're early Holland. I don't know. I'm going to go with... Uh, Batshuayi scored some goals. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Depay. I know he scored at least two goals, and maybe he scored some assists as well. If it was just goals, you would have gotten it. But it's uh, goals plus assists. You mentioned him at the end. It's, it's, is it Batshuayi? It's Batshuayi. He has six, I, three goals, and three assists. That was just me talking a lot. I would not have... I, wait, how many assists? Three. He has three assists. Wow. I don't know where he got them from, but he, he does. Jeez. Uh, I... I don't know what happened there. I, I was looking up the stats. I had to include it because I was like, there's no way that that's. Yeah. <laughs> but it was. It was real. This, so. is, this is a lot tougher than, than other stat paddings. Yeah. Uh, I like so, it. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I tried to make it a little difficult. So now, who is the only player red carded in group A? Only Anchor. one player received a red card. Oh. Who was it? Oh, man. Is there is there a hint at all? Because it's a wide range of players. Here, I'll, I'll give you a hint of which group uh, it okay. was. All right, uh, the group was Group uh, A three. Well, I, as I already said, League A. So yeah, three. A3. Okay. Which, as a reminder, includes Hungary, Italy, Germany, and England. I'll give you. I'll give you that. I'll... Okay. Okay. Hope for. I have no idea why, but this just feels like a good chance to dunk on Harry Maguire. I don't know if it is Harry Maguire. I know that Kai Havertz, because I had to look this up, is mm-hmm. uh not Kai Havertz. No wait, uh not Kai not Kai Havertz. Uh, Do you want one more hint? Do you want sure, one more sure. hint here? I'll I'll give you that it's an England player. Okay. There there's one England player, what was it like? Jack Grealish that that was suspended. I don't think he got a red card, or maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just yellow card accumulation. Reminder: It's only two yellow cards to get suspended in the Nations yeah. League. So like there, it, it, across any. Yeah, game, therefore so. I won't go for that. I'm gonna go with my gut feeling. Is this Harry Maguire propaganda? It's not. Uh, it's anti John Stones propaganda for how he did me in the fantasy draft oh league last God. year. It's revenge. John <laughs> Stones, gotcha. In the zero to four loss. To Hungary, he got oh, a red wow. card. Oh yeah, I remember because I, I watched that and I was like, "Haha!" The, the commentator's like, "It can't get worse," and then it got worse. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, that was right. kind of a dodgy red card, but you know, we take yeah. those. We take those. Yeah. Uh, now this one, this is the stat that I came up with because I realized that the one that uh, I was going to do was going to be too easy, which was. Is this the final question? This is the final question. Yeah. Okay. It is. There's five. We 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 have five. We have a rule of five at max. Yeah, so I'm not doing well, but okay. No, you're not. You have, you you have one point. Uh, so let's Jeez. go for two points, maybe. Yeah. Rank the groups in oh, League no. A, 
on the goal differential gap from the highest goal differential to the lowest differential. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hungary <laughs> has like a plus five. So, so are, are we considering like just goal differential? Like, like if like plus five versus like minus four, the, the aggregate would be like nine. Is that yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'm asking you to rank those differences. Okay. I'm going to go with A3 first because I know Hungary, I, I, we literally talked about how Hungary has scored and not conceded a lot and England have conceded a lot and not scored. So I'm going to go with okay. A3 first. Oh, wait, but England still, hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't even like visualize the math here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with it's a challenge. A2 second because that has Portugal and the Czech Republic are last. Oh, but Wales and ooh, Wales and the <laughs> Netherlands exist as teams. Okay, I'm gonna switch around. I'm switch around. Okay, okay. Because Wales, oh, I don't know. Netherlands scored a lot of goals. Okay, man. Okay, Czech Republic conceded way more than England. So I'm gonna go with a two first. Ha A three second, A four third, and A one fourth. Final answer. I'm tempted to give it to you just because of how close you are. No, you're so close. It's two four three one. Okay, you just mixed up those middle two. I'm I'm gonna give you the point. You know, I'll, I'll give All right, I'll give sure. Yeah. So, but uh, group two has a difference of sixteen. Portugal positive nine. Czech Republic negative seven. Group four has a gap of 13. Netherlands is only a goal differential of eight, and Wales is negative five. Then we've got three, which is uh, Hungary with a goal differential of five, England with negative six, so 11. And then finally, group one, which is only a gap of six with Croatia mm -hmm. with... Actually, I did the math wrong. It's eight, but it still is the same order. It's still the same order. Uh, Denmark has plus four, and Austria has negative four. So either yeah. way, it doesn't change the ranking overall, but, uh, you know, kind of 40%. I was a little generous on the last point there. So, all right. Well, you don't know, you don't know your nation's league. I, I do, don't, I don't, but, I'll, be, I'll be honest. But do you know your U S men's national team? I do know That's my U S men's national team. And I do know that we aren't very good right now. There you go. U S men's I, national you know team. It. You do know it then. U S men's national team. Conceded to, didn't score any against Japan. Kind of a, a yucky performance. And honestly, it's the same old, same old. We can win against teams that control possession. Let's look at Morocco as an example. But against low block defense, including CONCACAF opposition, we don't have any answers. U.S. head coach Greg Berhalter said, quote, We performed below expectations. We weren't up to our normal standard, and that's almost across the board but i'd argue against these low block well well oiled machines in the defense it is the standard it is the expectation at this point so jack i know that you uh watch the highlights you you were busy doing very important things i uh, was not i actually i actually went to a ninth street coffee to watch this game and nice. th the only good part was i got a, a nice tasting pastry there so that, that's a that's a solid positive yeah. that, that's a good one but Jack, how do you feel about this loss? Um, 
Matt Turner really did try. He really did try. Matt Turner is probably the man of the match on the U.S.'s uh, end. I think that he was the only player that seemed like he was up to standard. That is, and that is a player that, let's be honest, has played like what one or two matches since since coming to Arsenal competitively. Yeah. If that, yeah, not great, not great. Uh, I'm I'm gonna look it up just to just to check. Yeah. I don't. He's played one match. And is that Champions uh, League against? It was Europa League. Yep. Europa League, right? Against Zurich, um, but Great. he made six saves. Uh, that's impressive. In, that, in, that's in, good. In this game. Yeah. In this. Yeah. In in this game. Yeah. He he was he was good. He 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 was the reason that the U.S. had a chance of drawing this mm-hmm. game, going into like the second half. Yeah. Or going into the final minutes, even. So yeah. he he was doing his job. He was no, absolutely. Uh, it's everyone else who is the problem, I would say. Yeah. Weston McKenney had a sloppy giveaway that gave that gave Japan way too many chances, and we got punished for it once. Uh, Reggie Cannon, after he came on, Footmob says he has a six point eight score, which is almost as high as Turner's. Which no, they no. they watched a different game. I'm he, I'm convinced he got he burned got, so much by got, Japan's left back Nakayama. It was crazy. Bro, he he got he got a he got a sunburn, bro. He he Jesus. He, yeah, he, he needed to put on some sunscreen for this. He he was just torn apart. Yeah. Uh, that 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 flank. Uh, H- Sam Vines and Dest and Vines. Yeah, yeah. Vine, Vines was not great, but he wasn't as bad. I, I would say he had some stuff going forward. But yeah, especially in the second half where uh, I, I think I think like Reina came off and Aronson uh, moved to the left. I, I believe mm-hmm. is what ended up happening. I I thought that that kind of unlocked Vines to kind of be able to bomb forward. And in that case, very good. Like I, I am right now not opposed to Vines being our, our left back uh, that we take to Qatar just because he's been like on good a backup form. left back. You mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, because Anthony Robinson does exist. No, just, yeah, of course. That's got to remind you that that goes without <laughs> saying. Yeah. But yeah, just, just not great. Not, not, not yeah. great at all. Uh, I'll add that. Adams, Luca Della Torre, even Aronson in the first half, just fell felt not up to standard. And that first half was one of the worst halves of soccer I've seen uh, the U.S. put on. Not not only uh, did we get outshot in this match, sixteen to four, but in that first half, we turned the ball over fifty four times. Ooh. It's it's not great. Like, we did not have a shot on target this entire match. That was the first time that that's happened since we played away to Panama. Uh, I want to so, say that sounds about right. That sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, that was a really bad game. Yeah, <laughs> l- last fall. And to to credit, give credit to Japan. They're always sneaky good. Uh, and th- uh, this is also a criticism on the U.S., but also you know, props to Japan. Uh, defensively, they're 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 very well set. Uh, Tomiyasu of Arsenal and uh, Yo- Yoshida of Schalke barely put a foot or a head wrong i already mentioned nakayama and uh i really liked the play from endo and morita in the middle overall like that spine of japan was very well organized very compact and they're able to kind of bully and pressure the ball off of the u.s attackers very very easily and kind of as you mentioned hit them on uh the attack uh we got we got punished off a of Weston McKenney mis- mistake. Uh, Daishi Kamada scored in the twenty fourth minute, and it was actually I believe uh, Mark McKenzie came on 
and he had a bad giveaway that ended up either leading to a chance or straight up led to a goal uh and it was n- it was never really Matt Turner's fault but it was really like that defense's fault yeah not really waking up which kind of sucks because like the US is going to play against teams that want to dictate possession you could look at England you could look at uh Wales sometimes but maybe not after their recent performances but they're going to go against teams that are more compact defensively you could look at now Wales you could look at Iran sometimes and that's not this is not what you want to see when you look at this team you you see Zimmerman and Long not being able to break down uh the pressing attackers and break lines Instead, their passes are kind of errant and led to a lot of pretty bad giveaways. That stay the same even when Mark McKenzie came on. Adams, McKenzie, and Del Torre, I felt like there wasn't a lot of connection between the three of them. They weren't dropping down to receive the ball. Like the, Nobody really seemed to be creating passing lanes for each other. And even that attack, like Reyna is coming back from an injury. I, I can excuse that. Pereira had some pretty bad misses. Uh, but it's it's not like, you know, the other attackers, Aronson, really covered themselves in glory. Aronson, I, I really thought, I, he had that, like, one chance where, he, where uh, he barely missed it. Like, it could have been equalized maybe in the 70th minute, but just not a lot of good showings from literally anyone. And a lot of it is injury, but a lot of that, I think, does fall on Burhalter Jack. Yeah, you know, if only we had a really on-form striker who was scoring goals at the top level and was keeping their team at the top of a league that has usually been won by a team for 10 straight years. If only we had a player who fit those qualifications that we could have played and brought with us to these games. Oh no, guess if only that existed, you know, right? Jack, you say that? Tyler Adams agrees with you. Not exactly like like directly, but Adams said, quote, we, we're just playing into Japan's hands, which is absolutely true. The solution, I think, in the beginning of the game was probably to play a little bit more direct because their build-up play just wasn't working. Uh, he continues to say, a little bit in behind to settle the pressure, have them think that they have to drop off a little bit and create a little bit more space. Who is the best striker for that job, for playing more direct? It is one Jordan Pifok, a.k.a. Siabachu, a.k.a. Just Jordan. No other player yeah. is as good as at playing as direct as he is, in my mind. You can, you can argue, I mean, you can, you can argue anything, literally. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I think that him versus Ferrer are different players. Him versus Pepe and Sargent are different players. And I think that he was the man for this job. And I, I think that him and DK, players that are really able to play with more verticality, is something that we were missing. And, yeah. and Greg, it, Greg Berhalter forgot his own favorite word. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that brings up the fact, Jack, that we struggle in possession, but we are, we're a team that builds out of the back. We're a team that is supposed to be good in possession possession but the problem is when you don't have players that fit that role we don't have the players that you need like tim Weah. tim Weah plays this is a completely different game 
his his verticality uh is way different from reyna and aronson's like create creative might right yeah he's able to be the output when you look at it and ferreira he's a striker but he's a false nine he plays as a, an attacking midfielder so who are you connecting with if Yunus musa is in this game who plays like who who can go from one end of the field to the other and kind of be a facilitator this game's completely different christian pulisic's leadership if he plays in this game it's completely different and yes you can blame on, on injuries but jack i personally would argue that it is the manager's job to make sure that the system fits the players as a whole rather than the players shoehorn them in to fit a system or to build around a single player like christian people not saying he's doing this but build around a single player it should be enveloping the players with a central system would you agree oh yeah i i totally agree uh you can't just force it's like it's like you know one of those children's puzzles right where you have like all the different shapes yeah right you can't just force the triangle into the circle right you can't do that you've got to take what you're given and actually solve the puzzle with what you have yeah that that's that i'm ter- uh my the debaters i coach know this i'm terrible at making analogies they land about 50 percent of the time up to you if that landed or not i don't know but uh, yeah. either way we 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 can't force things into a system if if we have players that are clearly going to fit in way better somewhere else but yeah like you can argue that long i don't well first of all, i don't think that long fits the system i don't think no. he is a good enough passer zimmerman is not a good enough passer so you need to have someone that's next to him that is so the answer is not aaron long it shouldn't be aaron long it should be chris richards which mm-hmm. you know to Greg could have been yeah could have been to Greg Berhalter's credit to everyone's credit Cameron Carter Vickers or uh Chris Richards if they're healthy also changes this match right but you could have started EPB you could have done a lot of things differently even if you start Aaron Long you could ha- you could have had uh I don't know anything different you, you you could you could have told them to play a little bit differently tell them to play a little bit conservative I, I i personally don't really have a lot of the answers because you know you, I, I you're not the one that's supposed to have I, the answers i was gonna say to be fair. yeah like personally like what, what i would like to see is to have a, a better output up front in games like this ferreira ferreira i think ferreira i think would be good against players against teams like maybe england he he played well against like Granada. That's one thing, right? But when you have low block defenses that can like kind of deal with him, you you do need to have a, a, another output, and that could be Pfock. And I don't know. It, it it's 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 a really really tough position to be in right now if if you're in the U.S. because you have ninety more minutes to prepare for the World Cup when you might not have five starters that would be starting Qatar. You don't have Pulisic. You don't have Weah. You don't have Chris Richards. You know, you don't have Yunus Musa. And you don't have Anthony Robinson. So what do you do? You have these backup players, and that's great, but these are backup players that might not see any minutes at all if if things go correctly. 
So how how do you deal with this, Jack? To, to, you know, uh, talk me off the ledge here. How, how do I how do I not have the worry meter for the U.S. not be at a ten right now? Mm. <laughs> hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, I I would say that it shouldn't be at a ten. Maybe like a seven or an eight, I think, because I think we could still make it through the group because, I mean, we've gotten lucky in matches before. Yeah. And honestly, if we drew all of our matches, we could technically qualify. But uh, gosh, (laughs) oh, no, uh, I I think the main thing is we uh, I really just hope that. PFOC gets called up. That that's that, that's my takeaway. That that's, can't be the X factor though. That, that is a big part I of feel it. Like, I feel like and and also that Chris Richards or Cameron Carter Vickers, yeah. one of them is healthy. If if that's the case, then I think we should be we can be less worried. Also, if Anthony Robinson is healthy and Tim Weah and Pulis, oh. and Yunus Musa, <laughs> yeah, and Yunus Musa, yeah, we we oh, we we need a lot of players healthy. Uh, like a lot. Yeah, and Gio Reyna doesn't get injured again. <laughs> Pete Fox doesn't now, keep on see, picking now, up knocks. Now you're making me more work. Than before. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> so, well, well, well this is the. <laughs> let me take you off uh, off of the ledge and say okay, that okay. you're going to answer your own question. Yeah, because because you bringing that up, you know, made me think, and it's true that we are missing a lot of players due to injury, and there is that chemistry issue. But as we spoke about earlier today, a lot of teams have a lot of players injured. A lot of teams are going through chemistry issues. So I think that we are in the same boat as everyone else. Uh, what is nice is the fact that we don't need every single one of those players to be injured. We've seen time and time again that we do kind of have a, a next man up mentality in terms of who is our next like star player that that leads us to glory you know sometimes it's whoa Yus Musa is really good other times it's whoa Luca Del Torre is really good other times it's Aronson is a god so as long as we have enough of these difference makers healthy I think we'll be okay will make us more okay is of course if a certain Greg Berhalter does a better job adapting to the situation that would probably solve most of these issues, but yeah. it, it it physically can't solve all of them because a, not all these issues that came up in this Japanese match uh, was necessarily because of the system. We've harped on that long enough, but really it is because of that player availability. You can't look at me and say that the best front three is Reyna and Aronson. Most people are going to say it's Reyna or Pulisic and Pulisic. You can't tell me that Long and Vines is the best uh, back back four left side that we can have. Nope. People are obviously going to say Anthony Robinson and one of CCV or Chris Richards. Greg Berhalter has shown that he does agree with that. Uh, but Aaron Long just so happens to be his third choice. Ugh, terrible, terrible. And, and it should be 13th choice. Honestly. 13th, yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried about the midfield. I'm not necessarily worried about that front line. That defense, and particularly the fact that we've said this before, Chris Richards has not had enough game time, despite, I think, being one of our best defend- central defenders in this pool. That's what's worrying me. And that's the main course of worry. But as I said before, 
there's a lot of things that to take into account to and you know take deep breaths and not have the worry meter up to 10. That's what that's where I stand on it. Okay. Well, I hope that's right. Jack, I really hope it's right. I, I hope so too. Which leads me to my next question. What needs to happen on Tuesday? I think it's Tuesday. When when do the US play Saudi Arabia for you to feel more confident in this team going into the World Cup? Honestly, I think the main thing is please just give other players a chance to to prove themselves. Like, for goodness sakes, give Joe Scally minutes. Please. Okay. At least give him a chance. I, I have him play it right back. I don't know. If you really are dead set on giving Sam Vines a chance, let, let Joe Scally play it play it right back. Uh and I I think I honestly I, I don't see this as like a game that I'm going to take much of the result out of. I'm going to take it out of the individual player performances yeah. at this point. Which that, is the right because the right thing to do. I, I just want to see I just want to see different players get a chance as well. I I I, I that's the main thing I want to see. And then if the players who are playing are starters, I want to see us actually look like we have a chance of winning the game. Uh-huh. I want to see some confidence. I want to see some progression. I want to see shots on target. One even would be an improvement from this past performance. So right. uh, basically, I just want to I, I want to see improvement from from the game against okay. Japan, because you can argue that this is a much dilapidated squad that. This isn't really going to be the squad. This is not the squad that we would be taking to the World Cup, which and for the most part, I, I, I think I'd be inclined to agree that, you know, the lineup that we put out against Japan isn't one that I would see necessarily as being like a lineup that we would put out in Qatar. Mm-hmm. Not entirely. Right. Like. Actually, the more I look at it, it is. Oh, God. Uh, but but but. but. But, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like there's a little yeah. bit of comfort in that, that there's some things that obviously aren't going to be right. So take more stock in individual player performances. I want to see, you know, I want to see Weston McKinney bombing forward a little bit more and, and making things happen because he can do that when 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 he when he's on his best on his best day. I want to see Matt Turner, you know, commanding the goal, the the box again, like like he was in this game against Japan. I, w- I want to see Serginio Dest and Sam Vines getting forward and yeah. creating chances. I want to I want to see, you know, I, I, I kind of want to see just a striker try and play as not a false nine. You know that just come on, get, give it give us something to take away from that is positive, because in this game, the only positives I can really think of is Sam Vines looks OK as a backup left back. And Matt Turner is still the number one goalkeeper. That's my takeaways that that's yeah. So g- give us something else that is slightly positive from these performances. Yeah. Uh, I tend to agree. I, I don't think I, I want to see too much difference, not in terms of execution. Obviously, I want the execution to be a lot better, but I, I to make myself feel better about the World Cup coming up, I want to see the same game plan actually executed the way that Burhalter thinks it's going to be executed because Saudi yes. Arabia in in the the year 2022 has only con- conceded five goals and so they are a very defensive mm. team they're not known to be an explosive offensive team and so when you look at it this should be a game that we should be winning 
but because they are a low block defense, we might not be. So I want to see, you know, hopefully Pulisic is back. I want to see, I want to see us play in a way where we build out of possession, kind of like the second half of Japan, but with a little bit more refinery to it. Be able to create passing lanes for for each other. Be able to find players and not have just errant passes going to uh, the Japanese defense or now the Saudi Arabian defense. Like really be purposeful with our passing. Make sure that the, the, the cohesion between the defense, the midfield and attack, unlike against the match against Japan, is actually cohesive and that the the phases of play aren't just either hoof it long and then hope hope for the best you know playing directly without actually executing it well or being too slow in the build-up and not being being able to actually create something like have it be purposeful we saw a lot of you know good chances all things considered from uh the u.s in japan you can look at that aronson chance you can look at uh you know a bunch of different t- times uh there, there was uh some some set pieces that worked out really well but just execute those things a little bit better because we are at the point where we're only 90 minutes away from the world cup truthfully 90 minutes yep. of preparation <laughs> so it, it's too late to try to change things drastically it's too late to try to bring in new players it's too late to do whatever and i'd argue that all things considered, in the past, like however many matches, the U.S. has genuinely looked good in a lot of them. But it also hasn't in like this certain type of match. And so in order to build momentum, in order to prove that you can break down teams defensively for this last 90 minutes, that is the goal, right? I, I, I don't care. I don't care who scores. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care about the end result. What matters is how you get there, how you're able to break this team down. That's all that matters. It's all I care about is that can Greg Berhalter actually execute his game plan to the way that he wants it to be executed? And I'm going to say it'll be a one to zero win and it's still not going to be too convincing. <laughs> uh, uh. Jack, any last thoughts about the U.S. before we wrap things up here? Call it PFOC. Call that's it PFOC. That, that's, that's my final thought. All right. All right. And I'll say, also call it PFOC. And also, just, just wrap everyone in uh, bubble wrap. You know what I mean? Just, just put, the, put, put them in, a, in like an ice chamber and just freeze them until November 15, 16, whenever we need to break them back out for the Wales game. Like... Because honestly, like a bunch of these teams, I feel like are playing pretty poorly across the world because their players are getting injured because there's there's like slight knocks or fatigue. Honestly, if the U.S. comes in and and we are aren't 100 percent match fit, but we are completely healthy and fresh. Maybe we have a chance. Maybe we have a chance. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Anyways, Jack, if people want to hear more about our complaints about the U.S. or celebrations that england got relegated where can they find us on social media uh they can find us on twitter at final third show yeah that's that's the one (laughs) i forgot for a second i'm very tired uh but if you want to hear more thoughts when i'm not completely tired you know at final third show on twitter that's that's the place to find them 
You can see rants on Giroux because I make a lot of those. Uh, you can see you can see uh, me laughing at England or AJ laughing at England because uh-huh. we like to do that again a lot. Uh, you can see us post more PFOC propaganda because there's going to be a lot of it leading up to the World Cup. I'll tell you that. But the only place to find all of that is on Twitter at Final Third Show. FinalThirdShow.com for a one-stop shop for all things Final Third. Uh, we also, uh, am, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the international break being over because it's caused me a lot of pain and some jubilation, but mostly pain with the U.S. men's national team. So we'll be back same time, same place next week to talk a little bit more about uh, the the games that are coming up. At least I think that the the normal games are coming back. Yeah, actually, it's definitely the case. Uh, and yeah, tell your friend about the show. I'm sure they'd love to hear us talk about the U.S. men's national team and how much they suck right now. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he'd love to hear about all the great things that are happening at the Nations League, including some pretty funny teams getting relegated. All right, so yeah, we'll see you guys next Monday. See ya.